Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. Throughout his administration, Abraham Lincoln was a president under fire, especially during the scarring years of the Civil War. Although he knew he would make errors in office, no doubt, he resolved never to compromise his integrity. So strong was his resolve that he once said this, and I quote, I desire to conduct the affairs of this administration, that if, at the end, when I come to lay down the reins of power, I have lost every other friend on earth, I shall at least have one friend left, and that friend shall be deep down on the inside of me, unquote. In the end, we all have to live with a clear conscience and avoid doing things that might wound our conscience. In fact, the only person we will have to give an account to at the end of our lives is Jesus Christ and no one else. He is both Savior and Judge. We can't point out to our neighbors or friends or colleagues and say, they made me do it. No, friend. We are each accountable for our own actions and will have to give an account for what we have done with the gospel of Jesus Christ at the Bema seat of Christ. Friend Abraham Lincoln knew the power of a pure conscience and not being swayed by popularity. Let me ask you this question. Can the same be said of you? So how much are you swayed by others' opinions and influences? Are you overtly concerned about the opinions of others and what people might be thinking about you? Or are you focusing on God's plan for your life, no matter what others might think or how things might look from someone else's perspective? Are you going to be like old Abe, choosing truth over popularity? By choosing to live by the truth, we will stay true to our conscience. If we do so, we will live a fulfilling and content life, free of condemnation. But what does all of this have to do with our faith? The fact is, the current state of your conscience affects your faith. We have to live with our conscience. And this leads me to my message today, entitled, What Can Shut Down Your Faith? Well, here's how you can avoid it being shut down. Walk in love with your fellow man, obey your conscience, and nothing will shut down your faith. I will say it again. Walk in love with your fellow man as best you can. Obey your conscience, and your faith will work each and every time. Friend, if you look up conscience, the word in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it is defined as this, conformity to what one considers to be correct, right, or morally good. And that which is right, as far as Christians are concerned, is defined by God's word. It's not defined by us. I want you to know, friend, that your conscience is a gift from God, and Scripture makes this plain. In Romans 2.15, it says, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. The conscience, which is God's gift to man, always bears witness to what is right according to his word. Man may think that he evolved, but man's conscience is an anchor that holds us in God's safe waters. The conscience guards us. It holds us in a safe place and keeps us under the hedge of God's protection. In 1 Corinthians 8-7, it talks about the conscience being wounded each time we bow down to idols or perform immoral acts. If we obey idols of money, sex, achievement, porn, etc., each time we reverence an idol above God, our heart becomes wounded. 
Also, 1 Corinthians 8.12 talks of wounding of the conscience that comes when we sin against the brethren. And the brethren always refers to other Christians in Scripture. When we are offended or offend others, there is a grieving that comes from the Holy Spirit, and our conscience is wounded also. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment can wound the conscience and affect our faith if it goes unresolved. Let go of these issues today, friend. Now, what exactly is a conscience? Uh, The Apostle Paul said in Acts 23, verse 1, that he had lived in all good conscience before God. It was one of the secrets to his success as an apostle. Friend, every time we don't obey our conscience, we wound our spirit. Each time we disobey God or do something we know is wrong, it etches away at our spirit more and more, and wounding can occur. Friend, there is nothing that takes joy out of life more than unconfessed sin on our conscience. Sidney J. Harris once said this, check this out. Once we relieve our conscience by calling something a necessary evil, it begins to look more and more necessary and less and less evil. In Acts 24.16, Paul addresses Governor Felix and states this, and I quote, And herein do I exercise myself to always have a conscience void to offense toward God and toward men. Notice that Paul's reference for a clean conscience was towards God and man because it works both ways. The Apostle John also writes about the importance of the heart condition in 1 John chapter 3, verses 20-24. through 24. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Friend, we cannot have confidence or faith to receive from God if our hearts are condemning us. Condemnation is related to accusation. We feel condemned by Satan's accusations against us. He is merely doing his job as the accuser of the brethren. There is a vast difference, my friend, between condemnation and conviction, so much so that I've written an article on this topic on our website, which you might want to check out later. But the bottom line is this, conviction is for the purposes of correction and is from God, but condemnation is from Satan and has a judgmental connotation to it. I'll say that again. Conviction is for the purpose of correction and is from God. But condemnation, in sharp contrast, is from Satan and has a judgmental connotation to it. Hebrews 12.1 says, We need to let go of the sin that so easily besets us and the weight that accompanies it. Friend, there is a weight to sin. It's a heavy load. Lay it aside today. Some of you out there are trying to figure out why the heavens have become like brass to you. And this is the reason your heart is condemning you because of offense. Your heart is not right and you're not sure whether God is hearing you or not. You're not confident he will answer your prayers. It's time, friend, to repent and let your conscience be renewed and refreshed. The very fact that you feel conviction is a good sign because this is evidence your conscience is not seared. You're still receptive to God's promptings and you can still feel his conviction. Friend, the Father is always waiting with open arms and desires to fellowship with you once more. He can't wait for you to run into his arms. Remember the story of the prodigal son? He was waiting for the wasteful son to run into his arms so he could kill the fatted calf, put the ring on his finger and welcome him with open arms. Satan is the one, however, who says, you've gone too far this time. God's not going to forgive you anymore. He's forgiven you so often. He's just sick of you by now. Friend, we know that Jesus told Peter to forgive 70 times 7 in one day. We know the Father wouldn't ask us to do something he wouldn't do himself. Our Father is a forgiving God. 
Interestingly, in the ministry of Jesus, it reveals that under the Old Covenant, the conscience was an important factor. And in the story of the woman taken in adultery, the Pharisees wanted to trick Jesus into condemning her according to the law. But Jesus responded by saying this, Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. You know the story. But it says in John chapter 8, verse 9, And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Friend, did you notice that? It was their own conscience that convicted them. Why? Because the law of God is written in their hearts. The law of God is written in our hearts. And we know right from wrong, even without the word of God. Remember, there's two things that are bestowed to us that bear witness to God, mutually exclusive of the Bible. Number one, the creation in Romans 1.19. And number two, the conscience, which is what I'm talking about today, Romans 2.15. Some people have shipwrecked their faith because they didn't heed their own conscience. You don't believe me? Let's read 1 Timothy 1.19. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Friend, a shipwreck is a total disaster and leads to destruction of the ship and perhaps the death of its occupants. There may be some salvage involved after a shipwreck, but this is a circumstance we need to avoid. Friend, faith is gained progressively. It is gained in degrees. Faith increases inch by inch, degree by degree, by hearing and hearing God's word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, then fear comes by hearing the words of the devil, and both come progressively. Be mindful of what you are meditating upon. We can learn a lot from the Bible just by looking at the reciprocal of key verses or by inference. We can learn as much by what the Bible doesn't say by as much as what it does say. As we walk in Satan's path and meditate on his lies, we will smear our conscience and our faith will dissipate. Satan is the father of lies. Don't believe the lies. The lies about yourself and what you think others are thinking about you. In the book of Titus, it talks about our consciences becoming defiled. And in 1 Timothy 4.2, it talks of searing the conscience. A seared conscience didn't start out that way. It was sensitive at first and receptive to God in its original state. But once it became wounded, it gradually became callous. There's an old saying, hurting people hurt people. In their wounded state, they're unable to heal themselves, and their means of relief is to wound other people, which in turn is an attempt to make themselves feel better. This, friend, is a vicious cycle that only Jesus can break. Doesn't the Bible say that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted in Luke 4.18? Friend, it's time to admit there can be wounding in our lives that we need to let go of. We need to let go of some stuff. Once a conscience is seared and beyond the point of care, particularly for our fellow man, it's embarking upon a road to reprobation, and we don't want to do that. A reprobate mind has cast off all moral restraints and no longer cares for the things of God, morality or spiritual matters. It gives no thought for that which is good. This is a severe warning to us and never a place where we want to be, my friend. In 1 Timothy 3.19, it says, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Wow, what a powerful verse. This is the mystery of faith, my friend. It says it right here, the mystery is holding a pure conscience. Only Jesus has the power to purge your conscience of its current condition of condemnation. Check out this scripture, Hebrews 9.14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? 
The context here is about other sacrifices, no longer valid, being under the new covenant, for atonement. They are dead. It's once and for all. Jesus gave himself as the sacrifice. No more sacrifices are required. But you, friend, still have a sacrifice to do daily, which is keeping your conscience clear. And to do so, you need to forgive people. You need to let things go that's happened in the past. Even if you're right, even if those people mistreated you, you must still let go of them. Let it go. His mercy endures forever. He's an all-merciful God, friend. Today, my friend, we have learned the importance of keeping a pure conscience. It is indeed the mystery of faith. It is the thing that ties all of this together. We know that faith works by love, and faith without works is dead. But the mystery of faith is holding a pure conscience. Don't wound it, friend. It is crucial to your faith walk. And the Apostle Paul calls it the mystery, as I've said. Right now, I'd like to enter into a time of prayer with you. Just let things go right now. Some of you need a good conscience cleaning. You need to go into the dishwasher. You need to go into the laundry basket and wash that stuff away. Father, I thank you right now. I'm in agreement with my friend who is releasing these issues out of his or her heart right now. They're confessing their sin. They're letting go of any ought against anybody. And thank God you're cleansing them from unrighteousness right now. Lord, I thank you that their conscience is clean. They are washed like new. They are washed as white as snow. And Satan, you must back off in Jesus' name. You're no longer using these issues against them for condemnation. In the blessed name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. My friend, ask the Lord in your quiet time about where you might have compromised your conscience. You need to have time with the Holy Spirit and you need to ask Him what issues need to be dealt with. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button 